Welcome to the Coach House Beacons. Good morning, everybody. I'm Steve, and I'd like to welcome you all to today's Coach House Beacon. The world around us is complicated. As we go through school, we get taught all sorts of different things about the world. All things that attempt to explain the things that we can see. Do you remember learning about rain? How the water evaporates from the sea and is then blown by the winds until it forms clouds, eventually forming rain. This rain forms rivers, which eventually make their way back to the sea and the whole process starts again. Now this example is good science and by that I mean that we can see it happen repeatedly. We can predict what will happen under certain circumstances and anyone can observe it with very little training. But what about some of the more complex theories we were taught? For example, how the world was formed or where we came from. In a world that has forgotten Jesus, it is no surprise that people need to come up with wild ideas to explain the world around us. Now, there's nothing wrong with examining the things we can see. After all, the results can be quite interesting. When scientists started chopping up the very atoms that make up everything, who knew that they would find that they are actually made from three parts? Protons, neutrons and electrons. The very substance of life made of three parts. Now, whilst finding this out answered some questions, it brought about a more difficult question. Protons are charged particles and should repel each other. Atoms should just break apart and disintegrate. Well, this meant that scientists had to come up with another theory to get round this problem. Now, it's crossed my mind. Wouldn't it have been easier and cheaper just to have read the Bible? In the letter to the Colossian church, Paul says, He holds all creation together. He, in this scripture, is Jesus. As a scientist, I struggle with the idea that atoms can just hold themselves together. But by reading the Bible, I can see that there is an answer to this problem. I don't need to spend billions on experiments because my Bible tells me why atoms stick together. It's because Jesus made them that way. Now, when I was thinking about this beacon, I was thinking about things that occur in threes. A traditional English meal consists of three elements, usually a meat, potatoes and vegetables. We have a fascination with three course meals and eat them with three different utensils, knife, fork and spoon. Sometimes we eat out. We can have a curry, which comes with rice. Hmm, but isn't this only two elements? Well, yes, and that's why we need to order naan bread to go with it. I don't think we feel comfortable unless we have three things on the plate. Afterwards, when we go home, we get in our car and do a three-point turn in the car park. Stopping at the traffic lights, we notice that there are three colours before arriving home at our three-bedroom house where we sit down on our three-piece suite. Have you ever noticed when we tell jokes they always come in three parts? 
Even sermons are supposed to have three parts. Films, books, pop music all reflect this theme of threes. The Lord of the Rings came in three parts. What about the film? The good, the bad and the ugly. It seems to me as though this obsession with things in threes is both somehow programmed into us and into the world around us. I could go on listing things that come in threes, but I think you get the picture. So where is all this information pointing us? Well, in my opinion, it certainly doesn't point to our world having come about by random chance or by mankind having somehow evolved from bacteria. 4,000 years ago, well before the advent of modern sciences, there was a man called Job. Now, we normally associate the story of Job with suffering, and it's certainly true that Job did suffer more than most. But in his discussions with his friends, of which there just happened to be three, he reveals so much about the way the world works that we ought to take note. In the 12th chapter, Job says, Ask the beasts and they will teach you. Ask the birds of heaven, let them tell you. Speak to the earth and let it teach you. Let the fish of the seas declare to you. What is Job saying here? And what is the world around, what is it that the world around you is supposed to be pointing to? It's only pointing one way, but what way is that? Well, Job tells us the answer in the next verse. Who among all these does not know that the hand of the Lord has done this? In his hand is the life of every living thing and the breath of all mankind. Job wasn't the only person to point out this truth. The truth which we call creation. Jeremiah said, O Lord God, you have made the heavens and the earth by your great power and mighty arm. Nothing is too hard for you. In the book of Acts, the early church prayed, Lord, you are God who made the heavens and the earth and the sea and all that's in them. A psalmist wrote, O Lord, how manifold are your works. In wisdom you made them all. The earth is full of your possessions. Paul wrote about this in the book of Romans. He balances the clarity of the message of creation against the willful ignorance of those who refuse to recognise it. This is what he says. God shows his anger from heaven against all sinful, wicked people who suppress the truth by their wickedness. They know the truth about God because he has made it obvious to them. For, ever since the world was created, people have seen the earth and sky. Through everything God made, they can clearly see his invisible qualities, his eternal power and divine nature. So they have no excuse for not knowing God. Yes, they knew God, but they wouldn't worship him as God or even give thanks to him. And they began to think up foolish ideas of what God is like. As a result, their minds became dark and confused. Claiming to be wise, they instead became utter fools. Now God is three in one, Father, Son and Holy Spirit. 
It should come as no surprise then that both creation and mankind should reflect the image of the one who created them. As God is three, so the creation is riddled with things in threes. Recognising the creation is important. If we don't have a creation, then we don't have a creator. If the Garden of Eden didn't exist, then neither did Adam or Eve, nor did the sin they fell into. If we have no creator, then we have no saviour, as Jesus is part of the Trinity and can't exist without the Father and the Holy Spirit. If we have no saviour, then there is nothing else but a short, miserable life on an accidental rock. But thanks be to God that Jesus not only came, but came as part of the Trinity to die for my sins, and he rose again to life on the third day that we might spend all of eternity in his presence. Not only do we have the testimony written down in the Bible, but also the testimony written in the created nature itself. So why did we start by talking about the weather? Well, it's what English people do, isn't it? No, in reality, it's just one of the signs that spoke to Job. Read Job for yourself and see just how many times he mentions the weather and also just how much he understood about the weather. Job not only knew who made the world, he also knew that his saviour was coming to rescue him. Take a look at the world around you and let it remind you that your rescue is close. Jesus is our true hope in dark times and as surely as we can see the rain coming, so one day we will see Jesus coming in his glory to take us into eternity with him. Coach House Beacons, the Coach House Church Daily Devotional. To find out more, join us on Facebook, Instagram or on our website at www.coachhousechurch.org.